You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Listen, tonight we're going to get excited. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about believing you receive in prayer. And if you've got your Bibles, open up to Mark 11, 24. We're looking at that as our text. But as we look at this, I want to say a couple things in the beginning so that you get a, a grip on this spiritually. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 13, it says that this is the confidence that we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, most people will limit that verse and say, okay, that means if we pray about anything that God has promised, we have confidence concerning it, and that is part of it. But you know what else is the will of God that most people don't preach on? How you ask. The Bible doesn't just say to ask. It tells you how to ask. And tonight we're going to look at that. How do you ask in faith for the things that you need in your life? Maybe, maybe you get sick. How do you ask and receive that in your spirit so that God can minister to you? Now, one of the things that I'm going to ask you to do is this. Before you ever start believing God for anything, always empty yourself of all negativity. Empty yourself of all offense. Empty yourself of anything that is negative in your spirit. Just empty it out so that you can fill yourself up with God's work. Amen? Because if you get filled up with bitterness, faith won't work. That's why Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, after he talked about faith, he said, and when you stand praying forgive or your heavenly father will not forgive you amen so let's look at the verse and, and I'm actually going to be reading from the new American standard tonight because it words it a little bit different than the King James version uh, the old one and the new King James version because there's a Greek word that is neglected by many people and that is where it says therefore I say unto you that all things say all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. Now watch, he says all things. Now how many know that all things is everything? It's not the majority of things. It's not a couple of things. It's not, you know, a lot of things. It is everything. He's talking about in the context of the petitioning that we do in prayer that whenever you do that, he says, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. In other words, just crying out, God, I need help. Lord, if you love me, do something about it. No, that's not what he says. He says, believe you receive it in that. And he says, all things, every kind of prayer you would have, whether you need a new car, whether you need a place to live, whether you need some money, whatever it is, even if it deals with the fruit of the Spirit in your life, he said all things pray this way. Now, why does he do that? Let me show you the parallel. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, that God has granted to us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness. So let's break that down a little bit. What do you mean all things 
that pertain to life and godliness. God has already given you everything that you need that pertains to your life. You need rent money? He's, he's already provided for you in the rent money. You need a new car or an old car, whatever? He's already provided for you ahead of time. In other words, everything that we might need in prayer, I mean everything, he's already, now catch this, spiritually provided for you in all those areas how many know that when God created the earth he didn't create Adam and say by the way Adam could you stand aside right here while I go ahead and and I'll fix up a place for you to stay God created all of creation first and then created the man in other words the man stepped into a situation where God had provided for him every possible thing that he might need in life and the reason why Peter says it that way that God has given you is because he's talking about our inheritance in Christ our inheritance in Christ everything spiritually that we need is there so when we go to God in prayer and we believe we receive we are receiving from that spiritual inheritance that God has placed within our hearts when we accepted Christ in other words there is an anointing in your life to prosper you don't need to ask God for money you have an anointing in your life to produce money the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow to it you have an anointing in your life if you're a follower of Christ to be healed himself took up our infirmities and bore away our sicknesses and by his stripes you were healed so inside of every one of us if you're a follower of Christ God's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness I don't got to look for it I don't got to shop for it I don't got to go to go to God and say Lord you know you need to make this for me everything's already there spiritually for you that's why people don't understand this they go how can you believe you receive from nothing because you're not believing you receive from nothing you're receiving that spiritual blessing that God gave you when you gave your life to Christ and you're receiving in faith from that and you hold that and then as you hold that spiritual blessing it will begin to manifest in a material way in your life <clears throat> are you following me in other words whatever your material need is your physical need if you believe you receive it oh, I like this and you hold fast to that it will eventually manifest in your life but you already got the spiritual substance or I like to say it this way you got the anointing that anointing will cause you to prosper if that's what you need to do that anointing will heal your body if you need healing that anointing will give you breakthroughs that anointing will remove mountains in your life but here's the thing you have to appropriate it by faith now remember he tells you what faith is he says you have to believe you receive the word receive is the antecedent of belief which basically means at the very moment you believe you're receiving so people that go to prayer and say God you know help me with this do something about this they're not praying in faith when you pray in faith you find God's will 
and you go to him with it and you believe what you you believe you receive that right then and you carry that in your life now people say well pastor what if I don't know the will of God well James chapter 1 tells us how to do that it says if anyone lacks wisdom go to God and God won't reproach you God won't correct you God won't get on your case for asking him for wisdom but he says this but make sure you ask in faith in other words don't just ask ask in faith he says if you if you if you're double-minded and you doubt he says don't let that person suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord so maybe I don't know the direction of my life maybe I don't know what to do I go to God in prayer and said Lord you said in your word you'd give me wisdom I believe I receive that wisdom right now and you hold fast to it until God manifests that direction and wisdom and knowledge in your life and you'll go yeah that's what I need to do yeah I got to do this but it won't happen if you go there well I'm going to ask and maybe he'll give me maybe he won't no it's got to be in faith faith is believing you receive when you pray people say pastor pray for me they come up I pray for them if they don't feel anything they walk away and say he didn't answer my prayer feelings have got nothing to do with it when, you, when you're praying for you have to believe you receive your healing at that moment whether you feel anything or not and if you can hold fast to it then that faith will create the material manifestation in your life it may be 24 hours maybe a couple maybe instant maybe a week maybe a month maybe years but once you pray for something in faith and you petition the Lord you hold fast to it now as a new Christian I love this because I needed cars I needed gas money I needed a place to stay I needed all that now since I've been saved a while I need things that are actually spiritual like patience like joy when you're in the midst of a trial but all those things are manifested whether it's a godly thing or a material thing it will be manifested by the use of your faith and you're not just asking and hoping for the best you believe you have it when you ask and you hold fast to it amen now let me take you farther with this I'm going to show you in scripture how to live holy without exercising hardly any effort at all except believing in faith so many people I talk to they got drug addictions like, and it's no slam on anybody but they have problems uh, moral problems and they go pastor I need deliverance I'm going to show you one of the best to live godly in Christ Jesus without putting a list of do's and don'ts in your life and supernaturally get the grace of God working in your life to help you be what God's called you to be are you ready for alright turn with me to the book of Hebrews and I'm going to show you some truth that will actually bring this out Hebrews chapter 10 please and look at verse 11 this is talking about Jesus it said in every piece stand, uh, every ministering daily offering repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never take away sins he's talking about the priests in the Old Testament and he's comparing Jesus 
They offered up a sacrifice, a sacrifice, but yet sins were only covered. When Jesus came, they were removed. Then he goes on. But this man, talking about Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice, one, what's that one sacrifice? Going to the cross. Four sins, forever, say forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Now, notice the next part. And from this time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, now this is powerful, he has perfected forever. Say forever. Forever is more than a month, right? More than a year, more than a century, more than a millennium. Isn't that indefinitely forever? He said, for by one offering he has perfected forever, that means endless, those, that'd be you and me, who are being sanctified. The word perfected there in the Greek is in the perfect tense. That means a past action that is completed in a present result. In other words, when Jesus won on the cross, he took all your sins upon him on, on, on himself. And when he was raised from the dead, God forgave you of every one of your sins. Watch this, past, present, and future. And he forgave them and removed them forever. Not, not until the next sin, but forever. Are you listening to me? That's why the Bible says, he who knew no sin was made sin in order that we might be made the righteousness of God. When we believed on Christ and we believe that he died for us, he took our sins, God imputed to us his son's righteousness. So he perfected me forever. Now that perfection has to be worked out of me. But in God's eyes, my spirit man is 100% perfected in Christ because of what Jesus did. In other words, when a person sins as a believer, the sin isn't coming from their spirit. It's coming from a soulish part of their being. In other words, I could say it this way. Paul said it this way in Romans 7. He was describing how difficult it was to, to follow God's will after being saved he says that which I want to do I don't do and so I'm doing everything I don't want to do but then he said this he discovered this that there was nothing good within his body he didn't say there was nothing good within his heart or within his spirit because when you believe on Christ you become a new creature in Christ Jesus old things have become uh, all things have become new. And you become one spirit with the Lord. That's in you all the time. All the time. You say, what's that got to do with holiness? Look at the next verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Awake to righteousness. Do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. When he says awake to righteousness, he's not saying start doing the right thing. He's not talking about that. He's saying I want you to awaken to the, how do I say, imputed 
righteousness that God gave you when you came to Christ. Awaken to it. Awaken to the fact that you've been made the righteousness of God. Awaken to the fact that Christ is in you and God's removed your sin. If you awaken to it, you will begin to fly right because you won't see yourself as a sinner anymore. You'll see yourself as a saint. You'll see you as somebody that has been delivered and is set free and seated in heavenly places. Someone, the Bible says, as he is Jesus so are you in this world not in heaven in this world as Jesus is so are you you say well how can that overcome sin people always sin when they don't believe and receive the gift that God gave them in other words they have an identity crisis they don't know who they are they think they're this person well no 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 you've been made the righteousness of God don't you know who you are your identity is the way the Bible teaches to break free from sin because once you know who you are you go you know I, I can't do that I don't that's not me you know I can't go out and get drunk with you guys this weekend I gave my life to Jesus that's just not what I do because then you begin to partake of the divine nature of God but you have to believe you receive that righteousness even when you mess up even when you've been dodo brain you say Lord I still have been made the righteousness of God I can still come before you for help and I come before you right now Lord I need some grace I need some free grace to overcome this life you didn't call me to be defeated you didn't call me to be controlled by the flesh you didn't call me for any of those things and you can receive the grace and mercy that you need in your time of need it's an identity crisis is why most Christians sin and backslide they forget who they were forget how did Paul minister to the Corinthians we're having sex with prostitutes he started out and said this don't you know this guys that all sin is outside of the body except fornication when you do that it sins against the body and then he goes down and says don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the word temple there is talking about the inner shrine where God's presence is in other words don't you know that you're walking around cathedral that God my spirit lives inside of you you wouldn't do what you're doing if you really knew it that's how you break free from sin rather than I'm going to try I'm going to try I'm going to try not to do that I'm going to try not to do that I'm going to try, try and won't do it you got to believe you receive that righteousness then the divine nature begins to flow in your life and you, and you realize wait a minute I can do whatever I put my hand to do all things are possible in Christ I can do this and you begin to partake of that rather than being defeated and living by the impulses of the flesh and controlled by the flesh you begin to be controlled by the spirit because you know your identity you know that even on your worst day you can run to your father and instead of a fireball coming back 
on you, God will welcome you and give you grace. Because you don't run and say, hey, God, I did really good today. I was at church service Wednesday night, man. I was praying and believing. But yeah, no, no, no. You, you know you're there because of what he did, not what you did. So you can go to him even when you slip and fall and receive the grace that you need. Amen? So awake to righteousness has nothing to do with doing lists of good things. Wake up! You've been made the righteousness of God. And once you know that, I don't want to sin anymore. That's not who I am. I've been cleansed by the blood. I've been cleansed by it. Now, so that's why I say, uh, when you know that God has forgiven you of all your sins, past, present, and future, there's such a power in that that you realize that God has removed all of my sins so that I can go to him anytime that I want. In the same righteousness that his son had, God has imparted to me. And think about it for a minute. Jesus in his prayer before the crucifixion, he prayed this, he said, Father, I, I want you to love them the same way you love me. Now, how could you do that if you were being measured by your sins? God's measuring you by Jesus. And that puts us in a position of great power and breakthrough in your life and blessings. See, but it all comes, when I deal with people that are drug addicts, whatever, I like to lead them to Christ, they become a new creature, then I need to remind them they are new creatures. All things that passed away, behold, all things have become new. What are you acting stupid for? That's who you used to be. This is who you are now. Now you're one spirit with the Lord the Holy Spirit is inside of you and you are seated spiritually in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But every so often we need to remind ourselves, wait a minute, I have received that righteousness in my life. And you gotta walk around and, and walk in it and talk in it and believe in it. And when you do, God begins to minister in a great way. Amen? Because sanctification is the byproduct of the purity that's inside of your heart that comes out. In your spirit, you're as perfect as you're going to get, but you work out that perfection into your life and become more godly, become more of a Christ follower and committed to God. Amen? Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm so glad you came tonight. This message probably for you because I sent a letter pastor about you. <laughs> Tell him all the stuff that you do. Now let me show you something from this that'll help. This is a powerful truth. Last chapter of Mark, Jesus said this. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. It didn't say that believers followed signs. It said those who believe these signs would fall. They lay hands on the sick, they'd recover, they'd cast out devils, they'd speak in new tongues. That comes from a believer. That's the first time in history in the Bible when it was like that. You go to the Old Testament, it's different. In the Old Testament, people believed because they saw a sign. Hezekiah believed he would leave 15 more, live 15 more years because the sundial went back 10 degrees. You find 
Gideon asking God for a sign so that he would believe what was being told him. He said, Lord, can you, can you just cause the dew to come on this fleece and not on the ground? And once he saw that sign, he said, you know, I'm almost convinced, but let's switch it around. How about if there's dew everywhere but not on the fleece? Because his faith came from a sign. Ours is different. Nobody possessed the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The Spirit came on people, but no one possessed it. This is the power of possessing it. When you possess the Spirit, you can begin to believe right now, and then signs will follow you instead of you following signs. But it comes by that basic principle we said in the beginning. Whatever things you desire, all things that you pray and ask, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them believe you receive his righteousness and it will manifest in your life believe you receive his authority and it will manifest in your life believe you receive his healings and it'll manifest in your life believe you receive his discipline and it will manifest in your life it's all built on this concept or this recipe that Jesus gives us about believing don't just ask believe you receive what you've asked for how many need a miracle in your life tonight this is how it happens I've been healed of allergies I've been healed of all kinds I give you a list my wife has been healed she had an allergy so bad that when she ate shrimp and crab she'd start choking up couldn't breathe she started believing God with the kids for that and I think you stood in faith for about six months or maybe longer I don't remember and one day she comes to me and says I believe I'm healed I said baby let's not test it I don't want to spend the night in the emergency ward and I shared this story before but the waiter messed up and gave her a fr food with crab and shrimp in it and she bit into it and realized she had been eating it and we told the waiter and he's freaking out lawsuit 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 said no 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 she says I'm healed so we ended up testifying or she did to the waiter but it came because she believed she received but the first time she said she received she couldn't eat the crab but she received it spiritually this is the way you get a, get a car this is the way you get things supernaturally this is the way you get a house this is how you get things that God wants you to have for your family and your so forth you believe you receive that doesn't mean you quit going to your job doesn't mean you quit working but it means your prayer life is hooked up to whatever you're doing and you believe you have this yes I'm going to give an inheritance to my children's children. I lay hold of that right now in the name of Jesus. I believe I receive it. I thank you, Father, for it. Lord, I believe I receive that healing for my arthritis or whatever it may be. I thank you for it, Lord. I give you praise for it. And every day you remind him of the scriptures. Every day you thank him for it. And you keep that in your heart until that spiritual manifestation materializes in the physical body this is different than the gifts of the spirit 
the gifts of the Spirit operate as the Spirit wills. You can't turn it on or turn it off. But the gifts operate through faith. If you're not expecting God to use you in some way, the gifts of the Spirit won't operate in your life. You can't decide how they're going to operate, but they won't operate without faith. But when James told the people at his church, he said, if there's anybody here that's sick, out of 90,000 people, I've said this before, let him call for the elders of the church and the prayer of faith will save the sick. There was no manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit when he said that. He said, this is where you start, right there. Many times I've believed for someone, believed I received, and then while I'm in that state praying for them, believing, the Holy Spirit moves on me through a gift of the Spirit to finish the work, but it always started with faith. And it always continues with faith. That's why when a church gets hungry for God, they come expecting miracles. They come expecting God to move in the service. We're not just here to learn some teaching. We're here for the Spirit of God to minister to us and to set us free and to, and to open our eyes and, and give us visions and dreams and whatever God wants to do, man. That's what, there's an excitement about this that operates through the individual. And that's really for you. Now, I'm going to give you another point of this that will help you believe you receive. How fast does it take to receive? Is it within a moment and within a second? Let me give you a couple of references. Matthew, or Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14. And Matthew 21, 18 to 22. Make a note of that one especially. It's the same event that took place with Jesus. In Jesus' own ministry, he cursed a fig tree. The only miracle he did destructive was curse the fig tree. And both of these stories are said in these, both of these gospels. But there's one difference. In Matthew's account, it said that when Jesus cursed the fig tree, the fig tree withered up immediately. But in Mark's account, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it wasn't until the next day, 24 hours later, that Peter goes, whoa, Lord, the tree you cursed is withered up to, from the roots. So why is there a discrepancy? Because when Jesus spoke, immediately something changed spiritually. Immediately. In other words, the moment you believe for it, at that moment, spiritually, something has changed. The moment you believe, you're not going to be defeated and you're going to come out of that. At that moment, there is an immediate miracle in the spirit realm. And if you hold on to that spirit realm, it will eventually manifest itself in your life, in your family, in your body. It will manifest in all those areas because it is immediate. So the moment you pray for your kids... Say, I believe in the name of Jesus. You are healed of this fever immediately. Whether or not they feel a thing, immediately something is happening spiritually. Now, if Jesus had the spirit without measure and it took him 24 hours to cause a tree to wither, 
Why do we get upset if it takes us a week? Amen. One of the things I like to do if I start feeling ill or whatever is I stand in faith and just believe I receive and thank the Lord for a good night's sleep. And usually nine times out of ten, before I wake up the next morning, I'm fine. But you got to go to bed holding it. Go to bed receiving it. Hallelujah. This is powerful. My, my kids were healed this way because I didn't have it. We didn't have any medical insurance when we were called to the ministry. And I remember one time, both of my kids started getting ear infections. We took them to the, the 24-hour care thing. They looked at it and says, you know, uh, these kids, if it continues, are going to have to, you know, have surgery. You know, they put that little tube in their ear or whatever. And I told my wife, I said, we're going to believe God. Both of my kids, thank you, Jesus. No tubes in the ears. I believe by your stripes we are healed, but I wouldn't let my kids suffer. But I took them home because it wasn't a decision I had to make right then. And, uh, and this went on for three months, I think it was. And finally, my daughter got really bad. She started whining and crying. And my daughter says, we got to take her to the doctor. We got to do it right now. I said, all right, baby. Just let me take a bath first. So I'm sitting in my bathtub reminding God of the verses of divine healing and I'll never forget this out of my spirit came these words the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong to those whose hearts are completely his and as soon as that came out instantly my daughter's ear was healed my son's was healed they never got tubes and they got great hearing. Can you say amen? Now don't ever not take your kids to, to, to a doctor. They're suffering, you take them to a doctor. I'm just telling you how to stand in faith in the process. Because your faith may be too weak, it may wa waver or whatever. So you take them to the doctor because we, we want them well, amen? But believe God when you're going. Amen. Now, we were in kind of an extraordinary situation because we didn't have money for insurance and, and all that stuff, and, and God was merciful, but the word didn't change. It was still his, it, it's still God's will to heal someone even if you have medical insurance. It doesn't change. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. I know when you preach this, people don't go, whoa, I, know, I never heard that before. That's because the church has lost its power, not this church, but many churches lose the power because they don't preach the Bible. They preach about the Bible, but they don't teach the word. Jesus said, believe you receive, and you will have it in your life. So the moment, the moment you believe you receive is the moment spiritual change has occurred in your life and you know you may not be seeing it but there's angels at work you may be seeing it but there's a spiritual change something has changed the moment you believe you receive it to give you another illustration of this 
it's kind of like in prayer. Uh, I pray for people all the time, but sometimes people say a person has a vision problem. Say, I want to pray for eyes, whatever. People come up, I pray for them, for their eyes. And I say, well, do you see any better? No, I don't see any better. So they leave and assume they're not healed because they didn't feel anything. But let me give you, show you a case and point how this is, this is not the way to believe. It was a pastor, and uh, he was preaching at a church, and one of the members in the church knew him very well, and he had this problem with his ears. He couldn't hear very well at all. He was almost deaf. It was so bad. He could just barely hear things. And so the pastor's preaching. The anointing of God comes on him, and he says, I, I really feel led right now to pray for people who have hearing issues. And he points to his friend and says, come on forward, let me pray for you. And he comes forward, prays for him, and believes God, puts hand on the ear and all that stuff, and believes, thank you, Lord, your ears are healed. And he says, how you doing? Still can't hear, he says. So he goes back to his seat, but he's different than most. He knew he had to receive what he was believing for. So he went back believing he had it, even though he couldn't hear. The next day, he had this custom of going out and on this uh, dirt rope that was gravel, he would pray and, st- and do that stuff in the morning. And so he's out there walking, and for the first time, he could hear the gravel when he walked on the gravel. He could hear the crickets. He could hear, the, you know, all the stuff that nature does. Couldn't hear that. It took 24 hours, but it never would have happened if he hadn't believed he received in the beginning. If he would have said, I don't feel any change at all, and went home, it would have stayed the same. But no, he received it. He said, that must be a word for me. I believe I received my healing for my ears, and went home, told his wife, friends, I'm healed, praise God. I I don't know manifestation, but I'm healed. 24 hours later, he's listening. He's hearing. Isn't that better than not having good ears? Can you say Amen. See, God expects you to do something. He expects you to believe for it. To believe for it, you've got to receive it. If you're not willing to receive it, you don't end up believing for it. This idea that God's going to do everything. It's like the guy who goes to church and, and he's a tither and uh, he, he, this is how he tithes. He goes to church and he takes his money out and ball dollar bills and says, Lord, I'm going to throw it up in the air and all of that you want, you take and everything that falls to the ground, I'll take. And that's exactly what we do in the church. We don't do our part. We, we think that God is going to do our part for me. God's going to speak to the mountain. God's going to believe in faith for me. When God tells you to do it and trust that God himself will honor it and bring it to pass in your life. Always remember this, that faith, all, faith is voice activated it's voice activated faith is and remember that when God created creation he created it with his words which means everything that is material is affected by words your body is affected by what you tell it 
your emotions is affected by what you tell it your life is affected James said it this way he said that the tongue is like a bridle on a horse which tells me this my mouth can control my body my mouth can control my body he also said this it's like the rudder of a ship which means my mouth can control the course in my life where I end up people go pastor I really want a break well start talking like a break start talking like you're going to do more more than enough than just enough start talking about I've got dreams and visions God put in my heart and that's mine praise God and I've received it praise the Lord and I'm going to get to it one of these days start talking that way instead of saying we'll never have enough money we'll never pay the mortgage off in our house we'll never be able to do this people do that all the time instead of speaking in faith about their life if you're a tither the Bible said that God's going to bless you with wealth if you're generous God will bless you with wealth I mean I've known people that are rich I mean filthy rich if there's such a thing and they are givers every time they get a chance they give always give because they understand that they believe they're anointed to produce results they know when they sow they get a great return and they're always sowing I go to restaurants all the time and I once we were at one restaurant and the waiter comes up and says all paid for I said who paid for it and, and I didn't know who it was I looked around it was someone I knew many many years ago they waved at me and walked off I mean, had this happen repeatedly and the person I'm talking about has a lots of money because he understands how to use faith he's not just somebody that's good with what he does he understands the principle of giving hallelujah so I want to bring that out because I think sometimes that we think it's just by chance God blesses one person over another now some people develop faith the bottom line is your body will respond to what you tell it your emotions will respond to what you tell it your, your, your future will respond to what you tell it and let me, let me break it up a little bit more I want to reveal two things to you the why and the how to develop this faith the why and the how I'm going to give you two sets of verses one's in Matthew 17 so when Peter came down off, or uh, uh, Jesus and, and Peter, James, and John came down off the mountain, transfiguration, the disciples had failed to cast a demon out of a boy. They came to Jesus and said, Lord, why could we not cast it out? Remember that? And Jesus said, because of the littleness of your faith, and then he said this, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can stand to this mountain, be plucked up in Kansas City, and it'll obey you, or it'll, it'll, it'll move. He uses mustard seed. Now, that's different than what Jesus said concerning the fig tree when he said, whosoever will stand to this mountain, be plucked up and cast in the sea, and be doubts not in his heart, but believes the words that he says, he shall have whatever he says. This is different in Matthew 17. He uses the word mustard seed because the question 
can't, why don't we have enough faith to deliver this boy? The mustard seed, remember, comes from the weed family, which means it grows anywhere. It'll grow in a bag. It'll grow when you are broke as a skunk. It'll grow when the doctors say there's no cure for your problem. It will grow in the most adverse situations in your life. The apostles failed because they didn't believe that their faith would grow in the situation they were facing. Because obviously this child began to twist and do all these things when the Spirit came on them and it spooked them. And their faith wavered because of it. He said, if you just had mustard seed faith, you'd realize you can grow in the desert. You can grow in the hard soil. You can grow in the wilderness. It'll grow in any area. That's the why. But when he taught in Mark 11, 24, or 23 and 24, he was teaching them how it grows. In other words, here's how it grows. He said, whosoever, that's anybody here, amen? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be plucked up and cast in the sea, and if he doubts not in his heart, but believes the words he says, he shall have whatever he says. Amen. That's how. Believing that because you're speaking to it, it is changing. That's how you, that's how you grow faith. You grow it. Think of all the times that we do that and we receive not what we want, but what we don't want. He says you can have what you say. Here's the greatest danger that you find. And I've met people like this, younger people, they say things like this. You know, my father, he died at a heart attack at 50 now. They're 20 when they say this. My father died when he was... 60 or whatever because of heart issues I'll probably die the same way and when they first say it they're just being honest with me honest with other people and then it becomes a pattern and they say yeah I'm going to die of a heart attack just like my dad did when he's 60 and the problem is the more you say it the closer you get to believing it and then over you do that over 10 years and all of a sudden you begin to believe what you said and then you begin to have what you say which is not what you want to have are you following me so there's this cycle of things that we say and we don't even know it's wrong and we repeat it and 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 repeat it or we say we try to be cute you know I'm dumb as a whatever you're trying to be cute but you say it and you say it and you say it and you say it and you say it until all of a sudden you are dumb you attract that in your life so we got to make sure that we are developing ourselves in, a, in the way that God can use our faith that God can do the miraculous that God can do the things that God has called us to that we can have the faith to move mountains that we, can, we got a problem we can speak to that problem and he didn't say God would speak to the problem he said you got to speak to the problem he didn't say talk to God about the problem he said you speak to the problem 
is God's not going to do it for you. And there's just a power in this confession. One last thing. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, listen to all the times Jesus says words. Truly, I say unto you, one, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be plucked up and cast in the sea, and doubt in his heart, but believe the words he says, he shall have whatever he says. Three times he mentions speaking. One time he mentions believing. You got to speak three times more than belief. The more you say it, the more you begin to believe what you say. At first, when you say, I can do all things through Christ, you say, well, God says I can, and believe it to some degree, but the more you say it, the more you believe it. Are you all with me here today? God's called you to do more than be whipped by culture, whipped by problems. He wants our faith to make a difference. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you so much tonight. Lord, we ask that you'd bless your people more than enough, Father, with plenty left over. Father, show them in the word, Lord, how to apply this in their life, how to walk holy, how to walk in your spirit, how to believe they receive everything, everything, Lord, that they need, life and godliness, how to receive that spiritual substance so that they can receive the material manifestation of what is spiritually the author of it. And everyone that loved Jesus said amen and amen. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.